something very big and commercialized like that, the family feels the, you know, the actual, you know, senior feels more comfortable living in a home. So there are these homes all over the United States, you know, anywhere from, you know, three to five beds, maybe up to like 10 or 15 beds that are homes um, that function as such and you're regulated by your state so there are state regulations texas has its own regulations um because it look you know it's very important seniors can be very vulnerable so it's very important that these folks are taken care of properly so there's a huge need there's a huge need for people who care and are compassionate to do it correctly and and there's money to be made in that as well but it is uh if you're the operator it is highly intensive as you can imagine if you're intending to do it correctly. Hello and hola friends. Welcome to the Medicine, Marriage and Money podcast, the only podcast for dual physician couples who want to achieve marital interdependence and financial freedom together. In this podcast, you will learn how to show up as the best version of yourself so that you can love intentionally and build a stronger and more financially savvy relationship with your spouse. And I am your host, a physician mom, a doctor's wife, and a life coach, Dr. Kate Mangona. Welcome, bienvenidos. Okay, please help me welcome our guest on today's episode of Medicine, Marriage, and Money. Please help me welcome our guest on today's episode of Medicine, Marriage, and Money, Dr. David Draginis. Dr. Draginis is a husband, father, physician, investor, and short-term rental specialist. Always passionate about real estate, he was seeking an asset class that would provide high monthly cash flows and would quickly propel him towards financial independence. And he found such wealth in short-term rentals. Sounds familiar. And together with his wife, Diana, they run their short-term rentals and has been married for 14 years. He is the proud father of an eight-year-old, six-year-old, five-year-old, and two-year-old. And when he is not working on his short-term rentals, he's an anesthesiologist. He also has a flagship course, Short-Term Rentals to Financial Independence for Busy Professionals. He's also a podcaster at Doctors Unbound, which is how I met him and through the Doctor Podcast Network. And uh, when you're not doing that, apparently you're gl- glamping now, huh, Dr. Gardinas? <laughs> Glamping is pretty cool. I'm, I'm, I haven't done it, but I am studying it. So, oh, you're studying it. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll we'll have you talk about that. But thank you for coming on our show. Oh wow, that was so awesome! Got got the built-in applause and everything. I'm I'm excited to be here. So tell tell me a little bit about about you and and marital interdependence. As you know, we focus on relationships and marriage here. What is what does the term marital interdependence mean to you? And that's probably the hardest question I ask. Just so you know, I feel like I'm on the spot there. Um, well, I mean, I, I probably just uh, you know probably just start by just acknowledging that you know I'm a pretty lucky guy I have I have an amazing wife and um gosh you really did put me on the spot <laughs> so another way of this is what I like to tell most of my guests another way of thinking about it is thinking about a successful marriage what makes your marriage successful and is is that mean marital interdependence to you? You know, just like existing together, not dependent on each other, and not in completely independent of each other. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. So for me, you know, I, I never 
you know, think about it in that way. Um, I would say that for us, you know, our, our relationships, you know, is founded in our faith. And that was something that was important um, to both of us. And, you know, because of that, with having that as our foundation, um, that is something where, you know, the both of us feel like um, not only do, do we love each other, um, but the, the whole construct of marriage is something that's important to us. And so having that foundation and having that um, faith, if you will, in your partner, um, that's, that's a super strong foundation for us. And that, you know, that was something that we built on. So I don't know if that completely answers your question, um, but, but, but that is kind of like, you know, the foundation of our marriage and uh, the foundation of our trust. And of course, these are things that you work on and you build upon and there's ups and downs and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's kind of the cornerstone of our relationship. And I think for us, that's something that, that has worked. Wow. Okay. No, I've actually heard that from several other people. Um, yeah. Last year we, we talked about that in several different episodes. So what did you, what, how did you meet her? How did you meet? So it's kind of, it's kind of a long winded story, but, um, let's see, I'll, I'll try and give you maybe the medium version or something like that. Um, so, you know, like maybe, maybe like quite a few of us. Um, you know, going through med school, going through residency, things like that. And, you know, was, I was not in a serious relationship. And a lot of, of my um, peers um, were all, had already stepped into that life, right? Had already found their partners, things like that. And sometimes when I would kind of go back home, go back to church, things like that, you know, some, some of the, some of my my friends, guys that I grew up with, you know, you know, I'd go out with them afterwards. And it, now I'm kind of like, you know, the third wheel because they're, they're already married. Um, and, you know, just, just the normal banter with, you know, with, with them and their wives are like, Hey Dave, like, you know, what's going on? Why aren't, you know, like, why aren't you married yet? You know? And, and so, and so I remember, uh, was a particular friend of mine and, and his wife, she's a little bit more direct like that. And, you know, that, that, uh, that's kind of the gist of the conversation and kind of to just, say something and kind of, you know, get her off my back or whatever. I said, well, you, you haven't done your job. You really haven't hooked me up with anybody. You haven't introduced me, you know? So like, you know, you know, come on. So anyways, it, it was really just in jest. I would never have wanted to be set up. Like that was something that I never, never wanted or anything like that. But she uh, kind of took it upon herself. And then shortly after she said, Dave, there's this great girl, Diana. I know she's amazing. She's this, that, and the other you know, all of the qualities in, you know, and I was very nice to her, but I thought to myself, well, I would have known of this person, you know, if, if they existed. So uh, I was, I was a little bit, uh, you know, incredulous, but, um, you know, weeks passed and um, basically it, the upshot of the story is that they took it upon themselves to try and set us up on a double blind date and, and it did not go well. <laughs> what with Diana? It did not go well. No, it didn't go well. So, so, um, so, what happened was, um, you know, they, they contacted me on a weekend and and they said, hey, you know, a bunch of us, a bunch of youth are getting together. And I lived in Southern California at the time. I, I was I was training in Los Angeles, and they said, hey, a bunch of us are getting are going down to Santa Monica Pier. Um, you know, would you like to join us? And you know, my thought process was that oh, I was, you know 
bunch of youth from church are going. Okay, that, that sounds fun. Um, so I, I had some things to take care of that morning. I said, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll meet you guys there. Well, they, they told Diana the same story. Um, and, you know, even more than that, they, they made sure that she was there. They gave her a ride because they lived probably about an hour away from there. And with, with traffic in Los Angeles, it was probably more like a two or three hour drive. And, and they had two small children. And so you can imagine now you, now you and I can imagine a two or three hour drive while, you know, while you're a single unmarried person in a car with, with two small children. (laughs) Yeah. There's pass me the food, turn on the iPad or read me the books, sing all the songs. Right. So Diana is making this trek down thinking she's going to, you know, a meetup with a bunch of the youth. I think that's, that's what's happening as well. However, as I'm about to leave my apartment, I get a call that my brother is in the ER with a broken arm. And, and so my brother had a freak accident playing softball, like snapped his arm trying to throw from the outfield. And so now I'm like, gosh, I hope it's not a pathologic fracture. The, all sorts of things are running through my head. So I called him. I said, hey, I'm going to have to pass. I got to go check on my brother. Um, thinking it's not really a big deal. So kind of the long and the, and the short of it is that Diana goes all the way over there. There's, there's nobody there. Um, I kind of have to leave the situation to go check on my brother. Um, we end up trying to salvage something and meet up later. Um, and at that point it's just like really awkward. She's, she's been in a car with, with like, you know, small kids for like, half of the day. Um, now I'm facing this, like, now I'm realizing this is a setup, so I don't feel great about that. And so it, it was not, <laughs> it was not a great, uh, first date, if you will. So was she, and she was, you guys were both expecting multiple other people there. Yeah. We both thought it was just like a group, you know, a group thing. And so they were trying to set us both up. And so it did not go well at all. Like, you know, you try and read people and get vibes. And the vibes that I was getting was like not interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, she actually, she was probably just exhausted being with the two kids all day long. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like she was, she was completely exhausted. She, you know, herself didn't appreciate being set up. So, you know, there's, there's those emotions going on. Um, so, so how did you guys actually fall in love? So, so after that, um, you know, they're driving back and, um, like, you know, at some point, like a week later or something, she, she says to my friend, my friend's wife's like, Hey, you know, um, you know, tell Dave, I'm sorry. Like, you know, it was, you know, I was, I was having a bad day. I had a headache. It just, you know, it was, it wasn't a good day. It was nothing personal. And so, my my friends they relayed this information because I was not thinking like I was like okay like that door is closed like I'm not not worried about it like you know it's fine but you know my my friends relayed this information and I was like well you know I would hate it if if I didn't at least you know give her a phone call and see if you know if there's anything there probably nothing but you know what's what's it going to hurt a ten minute phone call so. I called her up and we had like a 30 or 40 minute phone call. I was like, Oh, like this girl is actually pretty cool and pretty interesting. And then we set up our own date. Um, and then that went a whole lot better. 
Um, and and the rest is history, I guess. Well, perfect. Okay. And so she had you were already you had already gone through training at this point. So were you in attending? No, no. So I was, um, let's see, I was in residency. I was like, I don't know, second, third year, something like that. Um, because we got married um, right at the tail end of residency, right when I was uh, the spring um, as I was finishing up residency. Okay. And so then were you, have you guys always been interested in real estate together? Is this something she started or you started? No, um, that, you know, that's something where, so interestingly, I, you know, separately, I'd always been interested in real estate. My parents dabbled in it on a very, very low level, just, um, you know, immigrant parents, like don't really understand stock market, probably don't really trust stock market, but they understand a home that they can purchase and rent and, you know, make a spread between, you know, what their bills are, what their expenses are and what the rent's coming in. So my, you know, my parents had, you know, very modest real estate, one or two homes, something like that. Um, so I don't, so I'd always been interested in it. Um, Diana's family actually had experience with residential assisted living. Um, for years, her family had run those types of businesses and actually prior to us jumping into short-term rentals, we were creating a residential assisted living with the help of my in-laws with her parents. Um, and then, and we pivoted from that into short-term rentals. Yeah. And remember, I remember when I met you like four years ago and I was like, what, what you have like elderly people, multiple living in a home and you're taking care of them. And that's what her family and her did. Like that's, I had never heard of that before. So tell us a little bit about what that's like. Yeah. So it's, you know, so there's actually a huge need for senior care and, and to kind of emphasize this is, this is help with like activities of daily living, um, meals, um, handing folks their medications, like medication reminders. You're not you're not providing medical care or health care. You're you're prov- you're kind of you're assisting them in their living. And there's a huge need for this. There's a very large need, and with the demographics of our population, it's it's actually increasing every year. Um, and some folks, you know, prefer to live in a home, something that looks like a home as opposed to living in a big assisted living facility with 50 beds or a hundred beds, something very big and commercialized like that, the family feels the, you know, the actual, you know, senior feels more comfortable living in a home. So there are these homes all over the United States, you know, anywhere from, you know, three to five beds, maybe up to like 10 or 15 beds that are homes um, that function as such. And you're regulated by your state. So there are state regulations. Texas has its own regulations um, because, it, you know, it's very important. Seniors can be very vulnerable. So it's very important that these folks are taken care of properly. So there's a huge need. There's a huge need for people who care and are compassionate to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And and there's money to be made in that as well. But it is, uh, if you're the operator, it is highly intensive as you can imagine if you're intending to do it correctly. Right. So did her parents and your wife actually, were they the caretakers or do you hire caretakers and then you just run the business? So there's, so there's both. Um, and as we were kind of starting up the business, um, you know, our family was involved in the caretaking and they had a lot of experience with that. Um, but as you can imagine, it's, you know, it's, it's very intense. It's, it's a 24, seven, 365 kind of a deal. 
who took care of like the night? Like, how did you divide that up? Did did you and your wife do that? So, Di- so I wasn't really involved in you know in the operations. Um, Diana, Diana kind of ran the business. Um, my in laws were involved in the caretaking, and then we had some hired help as well. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. Would you recommend this for physicians? Well, you know, there's uh, so I actually interviewed somebody for my podcast a while back. There's a physician in California, in Southern California, and he has multiple homes in Scottsdale, I believe. And their and their sort of um, differentiator, if you will, is that they're physician owned and they're you know they're like they can have like a medical director and they have a lot of times it might be a nurse. That's like the medical director. Um, and they have physicians as medical directors of these things. So, so there is some value add for physicians, um, to, you know, to, to be involved with this. Um, but, um, I would say that, you know, it's, you need help because this, this is a, you know, this is a big operation. Um, so you're, you're going to need help. It's not like you can do this all by yourself. Right. Not like just like a regular, yeah, short-term rental where you're just going to have completely independent people move in and move out the same weekend or, or like months mm-hmm. at a time. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so what's that like? So, okay. So you ran this business kind of with your wife and with the in-laws. What did that, what does it look like running a business with your wife and with your in-laws? Cause I think not, uh, that would be hard for some people. You know, it, it probably would be hard for some people, um, but my in-laws are great and we get along wonderfully. And so so I live with my in-laws, so that can tell you something right there. Oh, you do. Okay. I do. I do. My in-laws live with us and they're a huge help. Number one, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, medicine, marriage and money. Right. So, um, you know, the the kids are involved there somewhere. Right. Um, and so it's wonderful for my kids, um, to have grandma and grandpa around. Um, you know, our ethnic background is Romanian. And with my eldest daughter, I try to speak, you know, in, in my bumbled way, I tried to speak Romanian to her the first two years. And then there's something very, um, assimilatory about American culture because as soon as, as soon as she spoke English, like she didn't want to hear Romanian anymore. Um, now that she's eight, she kind of is happy that she understands it and she wants to learn more. Um, my boys like hardly know anything, but you know, grandma and grandpa will speak in Romanian to them. Um, of course, just having the relationship is the biggest thing, um, to, to have, to have the, to have the grandparents around. And, um, you know, my grandpa's, uh, my, my father-in-law is, is incredibly handy, which I, I am not. <laughs> and so, and so my kids will even like, and I don't get offended because it's true. You know, if something breaks around the house, they're like, Oh, Oh, you know, Bunu will fix that. Bunu is like grandpa in Romanian. They're like, Oh, Bunu will fix that. And they don't, they don't say daddy will fix that. <laughs> and so, you know, and so I impart other things, hopefully to them. I impart other other knowledge and stuff. But my 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 father in law is, is an amazing handyman, and I think it's great for them to to get that, you know, to get that from him. Um, and so you know, everybody you know pitches in the thing that they're great with, and, and hopefully it makes for some well rounded kids. Yeah, and it's okay. So is everything like everything wonderful, or do you ever have anything you would like to address with your, um, in-laws if they, if you didn't like the way they did something or said something or cook something or did something in your house, like who addresses that? Does that ever happen? And if it does, is it your wife or you? So for me, it's never an issue. So, so I'll say this. I, 
uh, hopefully this is not sexist, I think it would be more um, challenging if it was if it was my parents living with us. Um, beca- because I think like, so, so I don't cook, my, my wife cooks and, you know, there's certain dynamics like in the kitchen um, or like, you know, being around the house. And when it's her and her mom, I think that's a lot simpler because if it was my mom, there's probably certain things that she wouldn't say not to offend. Um, but they have a pretty open relationship, which is, which is a credit to them. And so if, if they have disagreements, like I just stay out of it and then they, they will hash it out and then they will make, you know, don't, they'll make up and move on. So it's very healthy, I think, you know, cause you're going to have disagreements. Um, it's, it's life. Um, but they handle it, move on and it's fine. And my father-in-law is great. Like he's totally cool guy. Like not imposing so never never have any issues with him so so there you go it's i mean it's about the people the individual people it's about yeah well this sounds like an amazing setup um how how does that do they are they kind of like built-in childcare too do they allow you and your wife to go on just off like on date nights or if you were invited to a certain event are you able to do that or or are they busy enough with the um with their real estate and with their residential assisted living. So, so the residential assisted living is not happening anymore. We, uh, we pivoted away from that. So, so, and, and that was one of the reasons actually why we just to kind of close that chapter, that's actually one of the reasons why we pivoted because number one, um, it was taking a huge toll on Diana and we had just had Theo our third and he was a baby. And I could see that she was so torn between, like feeling like she wasn't giving her babies enough attention and giving this business enough attentions and feeling really like torn between the two because she felt so much pressure to make this business that we had invested in that her parents had invested in to make it successful and um and and then we pivoted to you know and i told her i said look we can this could be a long-term rental and we wouldn't make as much but it would still be profitable would be fine so so we pivoted and we pivoted to short-term rentals and it's been amazing so so that is closed um um getting back to the original question you know my in-laws you know you know they'll take they'll they'll take trips or, or you know they'll be busy with some of their own stuff but they they're incredibly, it's, it's not like all the time, but they're incredibly helpful. Um, and, you know, like you said, like sometimes you just need that time away. You just need that date night or whatever. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing to have that and, um, you know, not to pay crazy rates for a babysitter. And it's not even the rate so much as it is, I think, the, um, the assurance that somebody who's, the person who's taking care of your kids is somebody you can trust. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, that's amazing because I don't know many guys, many men who would allow, would, would allow their in-laws to move in with them. So, I mean, you, this is like a super unique setup. I feel like you could come up with like certain pearls, you know, how you're able to accept certain things. Cause I'm sure if it wasn't you, if it was somebody else, they would find problems or like be a little bit nitpickier, but but you know, Dr. Draginas, he just he knows how to make it roll. And you see the value that they're adding to your kid's life. Yeah. Yeah, huge, huge value. Uh if, if there's any small negatives, like totally outweighed by the positive. And so then what about work like working? So doing the short-term rental with with your wife. Are there any types of things um can you recommend to other people? 
of like how you guys work through disagreements when it comes to like business and finances? So, so I think, um, so, so we're mostly on the same page about things. And I think part of it is, um, just our personalities. We're, we're very, very similar. Um, and we have different roles, you know, in the running of, you know, the short-term rentals. I am more, um, identifying the properties, running the numbers initially. Um, you know, I, I love to, to be on Zillow and Realtor and just look at properties all day long. And so I'll, I'll, and so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll run through hundreds of properties before I find something that catches my eye. And if it does, like, I'll send the link to her or if she's right there, I'll show it to her. And then, you know, if it, if it makes it through the filter of me liking it and then, you know, the stuff that I'll show her, she's like, yeah, but did you, did you see that? Or did you see that other thing that wouldn't work? Well, I'm like, oh yeah, like you're right. Um, that wouldn't work. And so I go on to the next one. Um, so she's like the second filter. <laughs> um, but you know, that's more of my role is like figuring out, identifying the property, uh, identifying the area, running the numbers, figuring out the financing, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, like once, once we've acquired the property, like she's the one who can make it look like a million bucks on a budget. Like I, you know, I, I'm mostly like, Oh yeah, that looks good. Yeah. I like that. Like, okay. So she decorates it and gets it right. She gets it right. And like, gets it right. Like not costing, you know, a whole heck of a lot. Um, so she's got the design skills and then she runs, she runs the day-to-day -day operations. And, um, you know, we take the philosophy of, um, trying to protect our neighborhood as much as possible. Um, we're not trying to just maximize, you know, revenue. We kind of look at it as a long-term thing. And so something, as I'm sure, you know, you'll get some interesting inquiries, um, that come through and then sometimes, you know, and then sometimes, and we have like a, um, we have like a common email for this. So like, even though everything is run through her app, like sometimes I'll see like the inquiries that come in, um, and we'll just talk about some of this stuff. And, you know, if she has a question about, she's like, Hey, like, what do you think about this one? This one's, a, this is kind of like on the, you know, gray area or on the fence. Like I'm not, and then we'll talk about things. And usually we're both pretty conservative. We err on the side of caution. If we feel like something may not be a great fit for our home or our neighborhood. Um, and then she is, yeah. And then she's very meticulous about cleaning, which again is huge in Airbnb. And so like we have, herself she cleans after every guest no so we so so we have amazing cleaners oh, okay um, okay but but after our cleaners go through like she will go inspect the property and usually she finds stuff to you know she like she like cleans on top of the cleaners so to speak and so when and so like if if we're running some supplies to the property and the property's been clean she's like you know, she's like, you got to take your shoes off. I can't even, you know, she's like, you cannot use the bathroom in this house anymore. You can, you got to take your shoes off. Like, you know, all, all the things, you know, for, to make the house look impeccable when, you know, when the, when the guest walks in and, and sometimes for me, you know, like I'm a little bit more laid back. I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. But you know, that's, that's the thing that, that gets the five-star reviews. Um, you know, so, so, and that's, and that's a credit to her, to her and like, you know, her, her sticking to the details and, and, and meticulousness. That's perfect. So you guys have probably won super host 21 times in a row. Yeah. She, I think it just came out today again. It's like, Oh, congrats on your super host again. <laughs> yes. I got it. I got it today. I saw, um, I saw a couple other people posted on Facebook. Well, when Facebook was up today. <laughs> yes. 
And so, okay. So when it comes to the overall household finances, is that something that you, I know you said you take the number, run the numbers and do the finances on your short-term rentals. Is the same thing for your house or does your wife play a role in the household finances as well? You know, I think, I think we have kind of like a lazy fair attitude, like neither, like, and, and we both know folks who like budget to the penny and like stick to the budget. And, and I think that's great. And that works for people. Both of us are much more laid back about that. And I think why it works for us is because we live below our means. And so, you know, we are never like, you know, living like, oh my gosh, like, you know, our expenses are like at or above, you know, our income this month. So we live so far below our means that like, we don't, you know, like, it's not something that we, you know, like I'll look at the, like we have a, you know, let's say a major credit card that we run most of the household expenses through. And I'll look at that every month, just like at the sum total. And if for some reason it like jumps out of like what the norm is, then I'll probably look at it more closely, but I'm not there. Like, like, I don't know, to me, it's, it's, you know, like I'm trying to be efficient with my time and I don't, I don't see it as, as very productive. Um, is that hard or what were, what were we going to say, David? I was just going to say that it works for us because both of us are wired that way. I think it would be a lot harder if one of us was like the super like spreadsheet numbers, like count to the penny. And so ne- neither one of us are like that. So I think that's why it works. Um for us. So I, I don't know. I, th- I think if it, one of us were the opposite, then, then I don't know, then we'd have to figure something. <laughs> we'd have to figure something out. How do you, like, did you ever feel deprived or like you had to, you know, people say live like a resident and, and you say live well below your means. And some people argue that they just don't want to feel deprived or they've worked so hard and then they finally get there and they want to buy things that they think are going to make them happy. Did you and your wife never never come across that? I don't think so. Like, and and again, like I say, we live below our means, but I'm not, we're not living like residents at this point um, or or anything like that. So I don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression uh, or, you know, people think, you know, think that we, you know, we live, you know, a very blessed life. Um, But we don't, um, you know, I heard somebody say this and I, I think it pretty much you know, um, identify, we, we identify with this. Um, somebody said that, look, if, if there's one or two things that are things that you're really passionate or into splurge on those things, get, get the high end of, you know, if you're into purses, like, you know, splurge on, you know, on the purse and get the, get the high end thing or, or whatever, you know, a watch for a guy or whatever it is. Um, but, but don't splurge in every category because that's what'll, what'll break your bank. Um, so, like I'm not a watch guy. I'm not a car guy. If anybody says anything, I'm a house guy. And so I like to pick up real estate. And so <laughs> <laughs> you're a real estate, so, you're buying the houses to make you more money. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like to give you an idea of, of my mentality, like, I guess it's been four years now, four years, four years ago, I, um, I, I bought a car, like we, it was, you know, we, we'd kept our, my previous car, like almost 10 years. And, you know, in my line of work, we do a lot of driving. And so I'm driving throughout the Metroplex, um, you know, on most days and I need a very dependable car. And, you know, since I'm driving sometimes 30, 40 minutes one way, you know, 
you know, I, I want to be somewhat comfortable in that car, safe, all those different things. Um, so it was time. So it was time to get another car. And Diana was like, she's like, you know what? You've earned it. Like, get whatever you want. You you want to get like, you know, a European whatever car? Like, go for it. Um, but I I didn't want that. And so, like, you know, I was thinking to my, I'll tell you my mentality. My mentality was like, shoot, I'm going to spend $100,000 on a car. I'm like, that's a down payment on a house. And so, so that's, that's how I think. Um, I, I did buy a new car. I bought a CRV. Um, and I, I, I spent like two or three months negotiating online to try and get like 10% off the price. And I, and I felt great. Cause I got like, you know, I got it for like 2000 lower than otherwise. And I felt great about that short little win. Um, so that gives you some insight into, into my thinking. Uh, I know similar people, <laughs> but, but, but I'll give you one thing that, okay. So, so one thing that I just thought about it, one thing that I do like to splurge on is when we go on vacation, um, I want to be in a nice place. And so like, we'll go on vacation and Diana was like, you know, she'll, she'll try and find more budget. Cause if we're going with the kids, it's like, you know, we're looking for a short term rental, right? Cause you want to have multiple rooms. You want to have the kitchen, you want to have this and that. Um, and she's always trying to find things that are like very, you know, very good value, like not, not too high a nightly price. And then I'll go look at stuff and I'm like, honey, I'm like, if I'm going on vacation, I want to have that view of the ocean. I want, I want this to feel like an amazing trip. And so like, I will, I will pay more if, you know, we're going on vacation and like the home either has some amazing amenities or has an amazing view that it's going to make me feel like I'm going to remember, or my family's going to remember this experience. And so I'm willing to spend on stuff like that, um, where, you know, I'm not willing to spend on a, you know, $20,000 watch for myself. Yeah. So. Yeah. No experiences. I mean, some people like material, some people like experiences, some people like hired help and, 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 and giving I think those are the four like major areas, like material experience, help and, and giving is where you can spend your, you know, your money on. And, and it's okay to do it in all of the places, just figure out which ones, you know, which ones can be the higher and which ones can be lower and which ones you prefer, which ones bring you joy the most. So yeah, I agree. Get me that beach view. Well, exactly. <laughs> oh, and glamping. Briefly tell us about glamping researching but you haven't done it yet i haven't done it yet probably as the kids get a little bit older they'll, they'll want to do something like that I, I researched it because i'm 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 very deep into the short-term rental world and it's something that obviously with the pandemic has has really taken off in popularity and for those that know glamping is like you know fancy camping if you will like going going out into nature but having um, at least some amenities, having a nice tent that is really decked out or having a really nice airstream or, or something like that. So I'm not super outdoorsy. I love my creature comforts, um, but I don't spiders or ants, <laughs> but from the, from the standpoint of, you know, of short-term rentals, I was like, well, this is really interesting. Um, I'd like to buy something that has more land, more acreage. So, um, really kind of dove into, uh, the, you know, the business side of glamping, learning it, um, and, um, yeah. Oh, so you want to run your own glamping STR? Potentially, potentially. Okay, perfect. Well, let us know. And, and what else, you know, what else would you like to leave our audience walking away with anything? We touched on marriage, money, investing. We didn't really touch on medicine. I don't know if you have any, anything you'd like to add about medicine. 
or just anything. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we covered, uh, you know, a, a good range of topics here. Um, I want to thank you for, you know, inviting me and, and allowing me to be on the show. Uh, I, I think this is important to, you know, to cover all these bases. Um, you know, not really medicine, but I would just say that, you know, all of us physicians, you know, we're people. And, um, you know, medicine, while it's important and what we do is, is, is so important, especially during this pandemic, I mean, people stepped up so amazingly, it doesn't define us. Um, you know, we all have families, we all have interests, um, you know, we're all, we're all human beings. And um, I think this show really, really highlights that. So um, thank you for what you do. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dr. Drakinas. Thank you so much. And tell us where can we find you if we're interested in finding out more about you or your podcast or your course or... Yeah, uh, Doctors Unbound is where I've been podcasting for the last four years. Um, I am taking a, a little break right now from like putting out new episodes, but you're going to find, I, I put out an episode every week. So you're going to have four years. If you, if you haven't heard the podcast before, you're going to have four years. So that's about 200 plus episodes to, to dig through if, uh, if that's something that interests you. And basically it's a podcast where, you know, we talk to doctors doing things outside of medicine from investing to tech to real estate to, to you know politics to whatever um and if you're interested in short-term rentals uh, i do have a course maybe we'll have a link for it here if not doctors unbound at gmail.com is where you can get in touch with me if you're interested with that um, i don't heavily promote it but it's something that i do teach people and and i kind of like having uh, you know kind of a smaller group of people that i teach uh, this stuff because you know when you buy the course you have access to me and uh, i just love uh, teaching students yeah, I, 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 love, I love teaching them all, all this kind of stuff. So that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, David. Ah, what an enlightening episode with Dr. David Trakinas. So happy Kate came to join us today. My take-home points from Dr. Trakinas. Number one, know your roles. Say you want to be the CEO of your house for what? What is it? You want to be the CEO of cleaning? You want to be the CEO of the house stuff? You want to be the CEO of the children's activities? You want to be the CEO, the CFO, the chief financial officer? Pick what you want to run on your day-to-day. -day. For example, David, when they're doing their properties, their Airbnbs together, he will search for the properties. He runs the numbers. His wife is in charge of the budget, decorating on the budget, and running the day-to-day -day operations. In this way, it's actually easier to stay on track and to kind of know what you're doing and, 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 and have less miscommunication about what the other person is doing because you're clear. Okay, I'll be searching for the properties, I'll run the numbers, you go ahead and be in charge of the decorating because that's what you're good at and the day-to-day -day operations like booking. Try it out in your house. See what works. What are you already good at that you want to be in charge of? And what's your husband or your wife going to be in charge of? What are they really good at? Play on your strengths and help each other out on each other's weaknesses. Number two, there are alternatives to nursing homes. I never knew about this. I, maybe I'm just like hidden in the dark or something, but I had never heard about this until I had met Dr. David Drakina several years ago and he introduced me to this 
home care where you just you somebody buys a home and has like four or five rooms in it and rent it out to the people that the seniors who need somebody to look after them as opposed to them staying in a nursing home where maybe they're farther away from their family or where they're not as individually cared for so isn't this awesome that this exists and if you know of anybody maybe you have aging family members great aunts great uncles grandparents that need to stay somewhere uh, yet you don't have the ability to do that in your own home and maybe this is because you don't have a first floor bedroom maybe you just don't have the space and maybe this individual needs 24 7 care and they cannot receive that from you because there's full-time working parents you've got kids running around it just might not be conducive right so if you're considering placing your uh, elderly family into a nursing home maybe consider this option maybe it would be you know the best thing for for both of you number three just because your wife or your husband tells you that you're allowed to go spend as much of money on you want on on any fancy car doesn't mean that you have to you know really check in with your values where you where your joy is where your joy comes from where you create joy when you spend money on for for david it's not necessarily his car although his wife gave him full permission and he not that he needed it but she gave him full permission to buy an expensive fancy European car for after all he drives and nothing wrong with getting a nice car if you do drive a lot but he just knew he wasn't gonna get that much joy out of it that he'd rather spend his money on really nice vacations really nice places for his family to stay when they went on vacation and it doesn't have to be an either or right but it probably can't be an all right in all let's buy it all and then you may never be able to never be able to enjoy the small things because you'll always be working for the money so so such a great example from how for how him and his wife allow each other to buy nice things yet to them they know what really matters to them and where they're going to spend their money that is it my friends i hope you walk away asking yourself Am I and my spouse clear about our roles in this household with our children, with our family? If not, how can we make them more clear to prevent future miscommunication? Where do I like to splurge my money? Where do I get the most joy when it comes to spending my money? Where would my aging family like to spend their last days and what's feasible for us thank you so much for listening and as always please share this episode with one of your friends who who would love to hear these messages who may grow from these messages that we share on medicine marriage and money from myself and dr david chakinas today please give this a five-star review and 
write a little snippet on iTunes so that more people can see this episode and benefit. We're here to create more successful marriages, happier, more joyful, more peaceful marriages, and just relationships in general, okay? So the more you share, the more you like and support, the more other people are able to hear these messages and maybe even begin their journey on personal growth and contribute what they have to give back to the world, give back in their family, give back to their spouse, and most importantly, give to themselves. Thank you so much for listening. So much love to you and your spouse. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional, medical, or financial advice. The opinions provided on this podcast are those of myself or the invited guest alone. They do not represent the opinions of any particular institution. Always seek the advice of your physician or financial advisor with any questions you may have of a medical condition or financial plan. This is for your entertainment only.